Weather. With Glasgow Airport and Air Canada Rouge. Non-stop to Toronto and across the USA and Canada. Dry this evening with clear spells, strong winds and lows of nine. That's you up to date. I'm Vicky Murray. 0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard Celtic do alright on the night But crash out of Europe in Valencia Stevie Clark and Chris Boyd Put on a United front against sectarianism With strong words from Dave King And the Scottish FA says Foreign referees won't be happening I'm Gordon Duncan Joining me tonight Derek Johnson and Hugh Keevans The beautiful game is in an ugly place But well done to the Rangers chairman Dave King For issuing that strongly worded statement In support of Steve Clark today Rarely have four simple Paragraphs hit the target so well And well done Celtic For at least departing Europe With a display of mature football in Valencia I apologise for discussing football I won't do it again Unless it's to mention the game of the weekend Celtic, six league wins in a row Versus Motherwell Six league wins in a row Now, fight amongst yourselves You know you want to And Derek Johnson, before we (laughs) even get to that We've got some cracking football tomorrow as well All across the leagues Well absolutely, you know Can St Mirren do to hearts what they did to Aberdeen last week you know, a fighting 2-2 draw got a point they're, they're certainly up for it there's Aberdeen go to St Johnson and Kilmarnock who took a, a beating believe it or not they were beaten on Wednesday night and they were very poor can they go to Livingston and get points as well and let's not forget Partick Thistle on a wee run just now you know they're, they're starting to go up the league playing against Ross County who unfortunately for them lost out in penalty kicks against Inverness in midweek in the Scottish Cup I mean Hugh Keevans When you look at the number Of league games remaining This always mm. happens that The end of the season Sort of sneaks up on you I'm not yeah. sure we're quite At the end of the season yet But all of a sudden Everyone still thinks That the season's in its infancy We're nearly out of February There are hardly any games left And it really is Every point's a prisoner Well I mean There's almost a third Of the season to go You know And uh, that's why It's impossible to say That it is a certainty Who will win the league Celtic or Rangers Celtic massive favourites Because of Scott Brown's Last minute goal against Kilmarnock last Sunday But tomorrow, or Sunday rather Fascinating game Celtic versus these fine young men from Motherwell Both six wins on the bounce uh, And Rangers have to go to another rubbish pitch uh, At Hamilton Minus Morelos I think you'll find it was relayed recently though And is in good condition Still rubbish not buying it, okay (laughs) So, a good weekend in prospect And... Uh, I, I know that we're not going to get through the next two hours Just talking about football I'm not daft However When we get the chance We'll refer to the football And for me that game Motherwell Six wins in a row against Celtic Six wins in a row That's tasty 01419511025 That's the number you need to have your say On any of today's big talking points You can tweet us at Clyde SSB So let's get stuck right in Celtic's Europa League campaign is over For another season And Brendan Rodgers thinks the referee cost him In the game in Spain last night Jeremy Tolian was sent off in the Mestalla Valencia going on to win 1-0 on the night, I thought that we were um, much the superior team up until that point. I think our shape and and everything worked worked really well for us. Yeah, but we we started the game ever so well, you know, nice and tight defensively and pressing at the right times. And then obviously when we had the ball, we showed a lot of confidence and not just keeping the ball, but we we carried a threat in our uh, in our penetration and uh, we we looked like we were building our way through and. Uh, as I said, it looked like we were going to uh, 
uh, get that goal that we craved. So um, then I thought the referee took the game away from us. So that then changes the dynamic of the game. But even still, the bravery of the players was absolutely incredible. We kept going. We had a big chance to go 1-0 up with, with Christopher. Still, we can do better with a goal for me. And, and that's, been the, that's, that's been the difference over these two games. We, uh, in key moments in the game, we haven't defended it so well. But, um, but otherwise, we, uh, I thought we, we were excellent. Very proud of the team. So a fairly simple question then. What did you make of the game in itself last night? And what does this mean for Celtic's standing in Europe? We always ask these types of things when a campaign comes to an end. Where are Celtic in a European context? What should their aims be going forward? It is the second season running that they've exited the Europa League at this stage, the last 32. But Rodgers is certain that is not their limit. You always are looking to improve. You know, I think that's always the, the case. You know, it's always... Uh... You know, it's always going to be difficult for us, but uh, but we can never give up hope. I think it's you see the level of the team, and uh, like I say, the uh, they played very very well this evening. So got to go away, look to qualify for a European competition again next next season, and uh, and keep trying to progress. Now I stand by the word I used. I think it was mature football from Celtic uh, against a team uh, highly placed in La Liga, and it makes you wonder if Celtic. I know the policies well. You buy for two million and hope to sell for ten. I understand that, and the rest you borrow uh, in terms of Burke, Weir, uh, and Toyan. You wonder if Celtic took some money and bought a couple of quality players. If they're capable of playing like that, if they added a couple of real quality players, you wonder how far they could go. Europa League. I'm not talking Champions League, but they without having played far better in Valencia than they did at Celtic Park. I mean, for me, Valencia never get with second gear. I think they're 2 nothing up, and, and, and that's the way they treated it. I thought their passing was abysmal at times. I mean, Celtic, it was a free shot for Celtic. 2 nothing down, they had to have a go, and to be fair to them, to play three at the back and push men on was great. And then It's the first time they've done that for a long time. And you're right, they, they did create two or three chances in the first half, but I think the manager's right. Once they went down to 10 men, Valencia kept the ball better. You know, and, and Celtic's chances of them doing anything were out the window. And remember, Valencia are ninth in La Liga. I mean, they, they've they've mm. slipped in recent in recent weeks. They were seventh, eighth, and now they're down to ninth. So it's not the top class, you know, uh, Spanish teams you're playing. But for Celtic last night, they, they were beaten three nothing, you know, over the two legs. But they showed last night that they can go away from home. You know, when they play three at the back and they get the full backs pushing forward, they are creating chances. They can do damage. 0141 Let's hear from you. What did you make of Valencia against Celtic last night? And what about the bigger picture? Where are Celtic in Europe? What, sh- what should the aims be? What should the expectations be? What needs to change uh, for next year? Because Hugh, as always, there's a bit of balance. I think you're undeniably right to point out it was a good performance mm. on the night. Um, losing the game Losing 3-0 on aggregate Not managing to score Out at the same stage As last season How are we measuring Progress If any then Well it's for Celtic To examine themselves I think I've made the point Time and time again I fully understand That Celtic Is a very well run club They have plenty of money In the bank And they have Certain philosophies One is to Buy players Like Bio For £2 million And hope to sell them on for 10 at some later stage Celtic have done it time without number uh, And will continue to do so However I think If you want to build a legacy 
For as long as Brendan Rodgers is there Celtic will struggle to get a manager as good as Brendan Rodgers Whenever he decides to go For as long as he's there Give the man a chance Give him a couple of players that cost decent money And let him integrate them into a side That's capable of passing the ball about you know, As they did you know, last sadly, sadly Hugh, you know Oliver Burke is there He's a big lad and he's very, very quick You know, the first 20 minutes I thought he ran them ragged He just could not handle his pace yeah. You know, until they got used to him, and, and that was the that was the chance. If Celtic get an early goal, then it changes the whole thing. I mean, that's that's an obvious thing to say, but but he's only here for a season. You know, he's going to cost far too much to buy somebody yeah. with the height and pace of him. If you're looking at some examples, though, Hugh, I mean, you you talk about spending that bit more on a player. We are in the season when Celtic paid their biggest ever fee by some distance for a player in odds on Edward in, in nine million pounds. Um, he has had a difficult season due to injury and, and various other things. Is he not a prime example though Of how just chucking extra millions of pounds yeah. at it Doesn't, doesn't it guarantee doesn't anything Well you, you're asking the question Where do they go from here Well where they'll go from here Is next season They'll hit the glass ceiling at the same point Unless they do something about it The the Odson Edward transfer I think is paid for by the departure Of Stuart Armstrong to Southampton So I think if Celtic look at the squad... Or even Dembele, who, who went for well, a lot of money, yeah. And understand that there'll be minus Weir, Burke and possibly Tolian at the end of the season and uh, an overhaul will be needed. Mm. But they will continue to go out at this stage unless they finally get in a couple of players for decent money. All right, let's get the thoughts then of Archie, who's a Celtic fan in Shawlands. What did you make of last night, Archie? It's just about the game, Nick. Just before my point, I don't agree with Derek at all. I don't think they went second gear. I think they were actually quite shocked at how good Celtic were playing. And you can see the manager's face as well. He looked really worried that few times. He was trying to get his players on. But what I'm really for is, is uh, about Johnny Hayes. He's a player I didn't like at all when he came to Celtic. I thought, oh my God, why are you buying somebody like him? But last night I thought he was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And he absolutely ran the show for the first 15, 20 minutes for Celtic down that wing. And when it comes to how many future games you've been having, he's a gearing. I don't know how Brendan Rodgers can pick these agree over that boy. Because yeah. I thought that was probably his best game last night in a Celtic shot. You had, had a couple of good chances too, didn't he? He just didn't hit the target with it. You know, and his favoured left foot and everything else just put the ball mm. wide. He had a couple of chances. Yeah, he played very well last night. You're absolutely right. Much maligned at times, Hugh Keevans. What did yeah. you make of Johnny Hayes last uh, night? Did very well. Got caught out at the, the goal. Uh, but you have to remember, he, he's not playing in his natural position. And that's why I say if Celtic are to finally go further than this stage they have to look at the side and strengthen it in the relevant departments and they have to spend some money Johnny Hayes has done exceptionally well in his last couple of appearances but he is a makeshift fullback as soon as Tierney's fit and ready to go Straight back in Archie's question though Has he done enough then To be second choice Has he nailed on a second choice now Has he jumped ahead of Izagiri in the queue uh, uh, Yeah or I for think sure. so uh, yeah. yeah I would say so Izagiri For me Was a mystery He Came to Celtic Originally And was Scotland's player of the year He then suffered a bad injury And never Played the same way again uh, He had gone from Celtic At a time when he had run his course At Celtic Park and he was brought back at the end of a transfer window where everyone knew that Celtic had had a poor transfer window and players were brought in who should not have been brought in. Uh, Archie, what about this bigger picture then uh, in terms of how how do you look back on, on Celtic's European campaign as a whole 
And and where where do they go from here in those competitions? I've been at Celtic's water for fifty eight years. It's always been the same. The Celtic board won't buy won't spend money anymore because they're terrified of going into liquidation and getting what happened to Rangers and all that. It's just a thing we've got to live with. It's the same. Brendan Rodgers has done well with that team of players. I'll tell you, people think uh, he's not. You hear Rangers fans coming here saying he's not a good manager. That's just a load of nonsense. I mean, the man's unbeaten in three years in every cup game. And he's look at the records he's broke as well. It's, it's just a pity that the Celtic board is not ambitious. And maybe one day they'll think to themselves, well, let's try and do something. Until that day comes, I think we're just where we are and that's it. Well, uh, again, I give you Einstein's definition of madness. That is to do the same thing over and over again and think that you'll get a different result. If you do not invest in the team, then you're asking Brendan Rodgers to take them so far, but he's unable to take them any further. Having said that, whilst we, you're looking overall and you're looking at you know the types of teams that the Celtic are coming up against, I don't think many people would expect them to beat Valencia. And even in the Europa League, there are there are strong teams, there are bigger teams, more financial muscle, and all the rest of it. There must still be a regret there, though, Hugh, because you're not telling me that Celtic, with just a a bit more about them, yeah. couldn't have defeated EAK Athens and got into the Champions. And, and listen, I appreciate it. that's that's football, that's sport. You know, hard luck stories, ifs, buts, and maybes. Um, but they weren't a great side, and that that must still rankle with elements yeah. of the Celtic support. Yeah, they should have uh, qualified, but thereafter they wouldn't have gone very far. Uh, they had the whole Dedrick Boyata business with uh, Boyata refusing to play against the EAK Athens in Greece. Uh, and that has uh, partly characterised uh, uh, what's been at times an odd season for Celtic. However, the point is this. Where Celtic are in the Europa League or in the Champions League, they will go so far, Brendan Rodgers will take them so far, but he knows, and the players now know, they can't go any further than that. And as I say, while Brendan Rodgers is here, I think he could be given more help. The board have... But do, you, well, do you honestly think you that the, the board will give them? Yeah, and we're talking about maybe bringing in far better quality than they've got just now. They're going to need that uh-huh. if they're going to quote, get further on in Europe. We, we accept that. But do you think Celtic will will buy two big players for fifteen million? You know, no, fifteen no, no. million. That, that's not going to happen. No, I, Celtic I, paying big money for for to bring players well, in. I, I'm talking about a couple in the, the five or six million pound department. Uh, you know, they, they can easily cover the cost but, but remember when you're buying players like that The wages are a wee high as well to you If you're buying somebody that So it's, it's not only the 12 million well, Of the 6 million you're talking about well, You're talking the year, over 20 week, million Yeah, yeah. yeah well it, in that case You stand still And in football when you stand mm. still You go backwards uh, We're on Twitter At Clyde SSB Jerry Maybury says I'm a Celtic supporter But Brendan Rodgers saying They played full of confidence Bewilders me 200 passes No ground gained on the opposition 01419511025 Paul is a Celtic fan in Kirk and Tillock what about the game itself first of all Paul? Uh, the game itself uh, sorry uh, good evening, good evening oh you're fine on you go by the way you still got us Paul? I, I, I don't yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. Uh, the game itself I don't see much difference from most of Celtic's games in Europe uh, I'm a wee bit fed up with the uh, they're trying to be the purest, play the football and that. We've not got the players to play the football against these big teams. We should be set up better. We should have a plan that you sit in and you don't take the game to a better opposition all the time. And I mean at Celtic Park as well. We go uh, and we take the game to them 
maybe 15, 20 minutes in, we make a mistake and then yeah, we leave yourself in open. within ourselves and nobody wants to, to, to play the, the ball anymore. It's pass, 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 pass. I just want to see them win, to be honest. I, I would rather see them win ugly. The entertainment for me last week at the Valencia game, the light show, brilliant atmosphere, that isn't going to intimidate uh, good players. That That's going to make good players love coming to Celtic Park. I understand. Really yeah, I understand. I was there myself and uh, like everyone else, I enjoyed I'd never seen the whole light show before. Uh, very entertaining, but it's uh, you know it's Celtic Park. It's a European football night. It's not the SEC and the Carnival. Uh, so you you have to look for better players to take Celtic further in European competition. They were, I think, you're harsh on them last night. I thought Celtic played decent football. I thought the sending off of uh, Jeremy Tolyan was harsh to say the least, uh, and that changes the whole dynamic of the game. But I thought Celtic. On you go. Uh, you're right about the sending off was half right? But these Europeans are te- they're set up so that they make referees. Uh, they make them have to make a decision. We don't do that. I mean, the the player that ran across Tojan, he knows what he's doing there. And nine times out of ten, when you're away from home. The, the, the home team will get the decision We don't do that We're well, very we've naive had, We've had this whole debate About foreign referees Now Celtic had a foreign referee Oh we'll get to that later uh, on yeah, Don't you worry I understand that But uh, you know I think it was harsh However I think uh, Paul has been slightly harsh On his own team Celtic played well last night It's a strange one Derek up to a point. Because Paul's call Is very similar to ones we got Last Friday You know right. saying you know this passing game it's, it's not really working We don't have the players To pull it off Valencia handled it, it well But but last night It, it kind of looked like they, they could And I know they didn't win the game I'm, yeah. I'm well aware of that yeah, yeah. But if you just watch The 90 minutes yeah. It looked last night Like the passing game They tried something work, diff- A bit different work. Yeah, they, they went for it last night Because they realised They're 2 nothing down They're up against it So they had a wee goal last night They played the 3 at the back Which was great they pushed the two full backs, you know, forward all the time. They were forward more than anybody in the game. So at least they tried something mm. different, but they still made mistakes. They could have lost a couple of goals yeah. early doors just with silly mistakes at the back. Something that cost them at Celtic Park. We're, but at least they had to go and they've now got an idea what they can do. We are late already, Hugh Keevens, but a quick word on, on Scott Bain's performance. Outstanding. Uh, I thought the, the, the one that uh, cannoned off uh, Christie uh, with the goalkeeper going one way and then changing his body weight to go in another direction uh, was a superlative save he for me is now the number one it's for Craig Gordon to displace him mm. not the other way round thank you to Paul in Kirkintillock we are going to hear from Stevie Clark and Chris Boyd both men spoke to the media this morning and we'll hear from them after the travel with Amber Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors compensation they know the score talk to thompsons.com Hugh Evans and Derek Johnson Here with me Gordon Duncan And tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard Give us a call If you want to get in touch Or if you would rather tweet We are at Clyde SSB um, Michael McDivitt's on Talking about the Celtic game He mentions the more experienced team I think he must be on about Valencia He says Dodger F decision spoiled the game It took the run of play Celtic had away Celtic are maturing as a team With a number of players Finding their feet When asked through injuries At Clyde SSB 01419511025 On the phones Let's hear from 
Steve Clark. He says he's had great messages of support from a range of people after the sectarian abuse he was subjected to on Wednesday. The Kilmarnock boss says there have been advances over the years when it comes to sectarianism, but says there is still a long way to go. Great support from, from everybody. A lot of good people, a lot of good messages. All very supportive. Uh, good message from Rangers, uh, good message from the SFA, good message from the Scottish Government. So everybody's speaking well. I think things can be done. Will be done is probably much more difficult to, to address. I'm not a politician, I'm not a policeman, I'm a football manager, I've worked in football pretty much all my adult life. It's not nice, I think there's been advances, if you take the the issue of racism there's been advances, but you see in recent times, still occasions when it comes out, I think in the the society here in Scotland there has been advances, when I was a player, so going back to 1984, 85, 86, Rangers didn't sign Catholic players, and when I was at St Martin there was an inquiry when Graham Soonis took over about me going to Rangers. And I remember at the time, the manager, Alex Smith, said, no, you couldn't do that, son. And it wasn't because it was any racism or any sectarianism from Alex. He was just protecting me as a person. Not long afterwards, Morris Johnson went there as the as first sort of headline Catholic to sign for Rangers. So obviously there's been massive advances. When I mentioned the other night about the approach, it was an approach from Rangers to speak. And apologies to Craig, who's sitting at the back. There was an approach... And that was one of the issues that we discussed because me being a, from the West Coast, I sensed that that would be one of the issues. Rangers assured me that they as a club had addressed it and were trying to address it. And it wasn't an issue anymore. But I think you see what's happened to myself the other night, what happened to Chris on Sunday, it's still an issue. Rangers have improved as a club. Uh, everything that Steve Clark said there is factually correct. When Graham Sinners got there, Rangers started to improve as a club. Unfortunately, they've been unable to bring along a section of their support with them on the journey. And that's why I uh, applauded the statement made today by Dave King, the Rangers chairman. Do you want to give us some of the highlights while you're at it? He says, we will continue to do everything we can at our club to root sectarianism out and to deal in the strongest manner possible with any individuals that are found to have engaged in such practices. We are also... Deeply distressed that Steve Clark has been subjected to this unwarranted abuse And on behalf of myself and the club I offer our most sincere apology And hope that it does not deflect from the wonderful job he has done at Kilmarnock So that's Dave King telling the support that he knows There's an element within the support that do not grow up with Rangers When Graham Sooners came in and signed Morris Johnston It changed everything Rangers since then have had a Catholic manager, a Catholic captain, but there are some supporters to use the words that used by Steve Clark, the manager, who are still in the dark ages and the club are trying to rid themselves of that. Now, Chris Boyd was put the, together with Steve Clark today and that is uh, a sound PR move by Kilmarnock Football Club because... Chris Boyd was subjected to sectarian abuse last Sunday at the game against Celtic. They substituted one word for another one that the Rangers fans inserted against Steve Clark on Wednesday night. Therefore, it's been a bad week for the game. And that's why I said at the very start, the beautiful game is in an ugly place just now. I was thinking today, Gordon, the first time I ever heard this song, I'll dignify it by calling it a song, was when it was directed at Tommy Burns when he was Celtic manager. That was 25 years ago. The Celtic supporters then adapted the song to direct it at Walter Smith and for the last quarter of a century, 
this song has been used against Celtic players and management, against Rangers players and management. It is deeply embarrassing for this country for Steve Clark to thank a London club for giving him a life in England that was better than the one he had in Scotland should be a source of profound embarrassment for all of us who live here in the west of Scotland. Scott's a Rangers fan from Falkirk. Give us your take on this, Scott. Yeah, I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty embarrassed with the whole thing. I never thought I'd actually look uh, for strict, uh, strict liability, but I think something needs to be done. Uh, it really pains me. I mean, I wish Peter Lawwell would come out and make the same statement that Dave King did, condemning the Celtic fans for what the abuse aimed at Chris Boyd. I would like... Stevie Clark, something, to be honest, doesn't think true in me. Why did he not mention that the day that Chris Boyd got abused? There, there's something sticking in the throat of people, the Avengers supporters in particular here, where it seems to be a one-way street. It's selecting area, selecting areaism. I'm hearing people saying it's where it's selective sectarianism, and it's wrong. Steve Clark's, Steve Clark's explanation for that was that he was unaware of uh, Chris Boyd being struck by the coin at the time. He has subsequently had his say on mm. the subject. And, you know, you've started so well there by saying you feel embarrassed and, uh, you know, you've considered, you're considering strict liability. So we don't need to then cast doubt on Steve Clark's motives. Mm. Steve Clark has been outraged by having. That chant directed at him. He's back working in his own country and I hope that what has taken place over the last week has not made his mind up that he should leave the country at the end of the season because that would be a low point in the history of Scottish football that somebody born in Scotland was driven out of Scotland by religious intolerance. Scott, I've been, obviously, like yourself, I've seen these comments on on social media and I'm not really sure I... I mean I get it Chris Boyd is a victim of sectarianism at the weekend Stevie Clark is then a victim on Wednesday night They are the victims Why is there such a an appetite to own someone else's victimhood? Why does it matter to us when they do or do not speak out? Does it really make that much of a difference? It's uh, I don't know I mean it just It just see it's, it's selective And I'm, I'm sorry you but I'm going to castigate you and I'm going to castigate the rest of the journalists. For 10, 15, 20 years, Celtic supporters have had an easier ride than Rangers supporters. And I know you use the famous, the famous one, what about it? But I'll tell you, any time anything happens with Rangers, it gets double the press that Celtic get. And if anybody dares bring up about Celtic, it's not, there you go, it's what about it? Rangers supporters are aggrieved. Rangers supporters are upset. Rangers supporters are angry. Because we are being castigated, we are being, we're being, it's not fair what's happening to us. And you, people like yourself, you need to stand up to it. Well, I am standing up to it and I'm telling you, and I started after the Chris Boyd affair last Sunday, on Monday night's programme I said I abhor sectarian singing by Celtic supporters or Rangers supporters. And I said to the caller, do you understand me? Now, I am a 69-year-old grandfather to six children. Do you think I honestly want my grandchildren to 
live in this particular world Do you think I would not speak out against that? Do you think I would tolerate that kind of behaviour by one side and not the other? I don't need to explain myself to you I am honest And I am telling you that what happened over the last week Has taken the beautiful game into an ugly place and both mm. lots can take their share of the blame Derek Johnson, Scott actually brought up the, this idea of strict liability I think most people would um, applaud the, the, the strength of the words that, that Dave sure. King produced today Because I think we all know clubs can certainly do yeah. more So that was uh, a strongly worded statement And he says, you know, we will continue to do everything we can w- What is that then? You know, Is that strict liability? There are lots of lots of people who feel a bit uncomfortable with clubs being punished for the actions of of some fans. Yeah. But is that what it has to be? But what do you do? I think for me, if people are singing sectarian songs, I think it's then down to police to arrest them. Now, if they're taken to court and they're found guilty, then it's up to the clubs to say you're banned from coming to our club. You're banned from. You're not allowed to have a season ticket. You're not welcome here. And I think that's what has to happen. I think it's very, very difficult when if you've got a few thousand or whatever people singing, do you arrest everybody? Does everybody get arrested? Mm. I think it's a very, very difficult thing to do. And I know these people pay you know, a lot of money for their season tickets. These people are in the crowd. So Rangers should ha- be doing something you know, to stop them doing it. But what can you do? I think Dave King has come out today and said, look, that's something we don't want to have. If anybody's caught and gone to court and found guilty, you will not be welcome here. For me, that would be a start. I think it is unfortunate for the clubs. I have a certain sympathy for them because if you have a crowd of 40, 50, 60,000 people, how can Celtic or Rangers legislate for an outpouring of sectarian singing? Chris Boyd says, despite sectarian abuse being water off a duck's back to him, that should not lessen the seriousness of the subject. Commander Striker is describing the idea of strict liability as a load of rubbish. It's part and parcel of, of being an old fun player. Um, what I will say is, is, you know, I can't sit here and have, have um, any problems with, to an extent, Rangers and Celtic, because that's why you get paid what you get paid. I've had a good life off the back of it. I'm not saying it's right, but there's a price to pay when you play with the old firm. The chance, as I said, I'm used to it. Maybe um, because it's, it happens that often, I'll say the phrase again, you know, it is water off a duck's back. But does it make it right? No. My issue was it's went that step too far and when you get coins thrown at you or objects thrown um, at other people, and by the way, it's not just um, from Sunday, when there's objects thrown at officials, objects thrown at people, there's a problem that needs addressed. We will wait until something serious happens and then act on it. We have an opportunity right now to act on it, so why do we not do it? You know, we're talking about maybe deducting points and stuff like that as well. What a load of rubbish. I mean, it's not possible to do it. If, if you know, say for example, right now Celtic are top of the league, um, some idiot can go and pay a Rangers fan to go and sit in the Celtic end and throw a ball or they're going to get points taken off them. It's ludicrous to actually suggest, oh, we'll take points off somebody. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's a wider aspect that needs addressed. It's not just football clubs, it's society um, that needs educated right from the very bottom. Josh is a Rangers fan from Irvine. Give us your opinion, Josh. So I was just listening to Chris Boyd there, guys. Um, first, first I've, got, I've got two points. Um, and can I just say here, I thought you spoke very well there. Um, Chris Boyd speaking about about the sectarianism in Scottish society. Yes, obviously it's a societal issue. Um, but he's talking about education, education, education. We've been trying education for years. It's not worked. In my opinion, strict liability is the only way to go. Um, by that, um, what I mean is for en masse uh, examples of sectarianism like we've seen last the other night 
at um, Ibrox. Will there be teething problems with it at first? Yes. Will there have to be, you know, fines, points, deductions? Very possibly. But over time, fan policing will take control and the fans will stop, you know, singing these songs. They'll encourage others to stop singing these songs because if any fan really loves their club, they won't want their club to suffer. My greatest regret here is that I think... People are sectarian as a lifestyle choice. They're sectarian because they want to be sectarian. They're not born that way. This particular, this particular song. Does football bring it out, Hugh? I, because I, I don't know. I, I, I genuinely, um, this is not a loaded question. Do these people walk about like that all the time, every day, or, or, or is, is is football a, a vehicle to to let that out? People should be grateful that football's there because heaven help us if these people had no football, it, it would have to be. Really part of society's problem then uh, But This song I go back to it Has been in play if you like For 25 years Started by being director at Tommy Burns Then Walter Smith And on and on and on 25 years That means that Those who were singing the song At Rugby Park last Sunday And at Ibrooks on Wednesday night Are the children of The fathers who were singing it 25 years ago So how do we hold the clubs solely responsible for that? If someone starts saying a sectarian song in the, the supermarket, they don't uh, deduct money from Asda, Waitrose or anybody else. Uh, the, the people who are singing get taken out. But there, there again, it's difficult mm. because so many are singing. How do you root everyone out? Waitrose Wilson, you've moved to a leafy Glasgow suburb recently. Mm. But anyway, Josh, we are a bit pushed for time. What was your second point? Um, okay, right. Okay, um, just secondly, um, and it's just this, what about today is the lowest form of intellect. I think the guy, um, is it Scott, before me, um, you know, was, was exemplifying exactly that. If that's all you can offer after the other night, you know, Pretending that Rangers fans are the victims here, you know Steve Clark's been it's been abused. It, it, it's it's absolutely disgraceful. If, if, if what about it is the only thing you can offer, then you really need to have a look at yourself. And if you have any pride in your club, you know you've got to recognise the real issues. Okay, thank you to Josh, a Rangers fan from Irvine 01419511025. We're going to hear from Jermaine Defoe on the recent performances of Alfredo Morelos. That's coming up after the travel with Amber. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, a team that gets results every week. Talk to Thompson's.com. Hugh Evans and Derek Johnson are here with me, Gordon Duncan, and tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Get the calls in. We have been hearing from Brendan Rogers looking back on Celtic's performance in Valencia last night. We heard from Steve Clark and Chris Boyd and the abuse they've been receiving recently. Um, let's go back to football. Well, we can, shall we? And hear from Jermaine Defoe. He says he's hoping he can help Alfredo Morelos in the same way that Ian Wright and Les Ferdinand helped him when he was starting out at West Ham. The England international says the Colombian has big potential and he says he will be missed away to Hamilton on Sunday. Yeah, obviously he's got 
huge potential, uh, a lot of quality. He's a goal scorer. You know, he's someone that's hungry to score goals. You can see that in training. You know, that appetite is something that um, I believe that you're, you're born with. You know, it's not something that you can coach. You know, he's um, he knows where to go in a box. You know, people talk about scoring tappings and that, but you know, he's been at the right place at the right time. You know, he's at art. So, so much potential. Um, he's still young. I mean, when I was sort of like, uh, I remember when I was young and I was at West Ham, I had the likes of Les Ferdinands, uh, Ian Wright, and people like that to sort of like help me to progress. And obviously, at this stage of my career now, hopefully, I can bring something back to the to the younger players and try and help. Obviously, as the manager said, um, but huge potential yeah of course for someone that don't really speak obviously good English he's quite vocal on the pitch to be honest um, you know he's a winner he's a leader and like I said you know when you have that sort of awareness you know it's, a lot of the times it's just it's, it's eye contact and you know you just you just know but now nah, he's got he's got huge potential when you're missing key, key players at, at any football club you, you're going to feel it I think that's just that's just normal you know as players as a manager you want your best players on the pitch um, to try and try and compete try and win the game um, when your 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 best, especially your top goal scorer, you know, if he's if he's missing, this of course, you know, you're gonna go into it thinking, well, if he's playing, you know, you've got more chance of winning the game. That's that's obvious. But I mean, it is what it is. He's had his suspensions, and and you know, he's when he comes back in the team, he always looks sharp and ready anyway. So it's it's fine. You know, for me, there's a lot of fans. Some of them still don't like Morelos, to be perfectly honest. But I'll tell you something. Surely, on, on, surely honestly, there are no, one there, or two at the most well, now. There's a lot of them not happy because he's, he's spending right, okay, a lot right, of time okay. in the stands and everything else, he, you know, and all that sort of stuff. But for the first time, I thought he was unplayable on Wednesday night. You know, you look at never mind the four goals. Look at look at every goal was different. And that tells me a good striker, you know, little tap-ins, you know, a cracking shot from 20 yards, a good header, big, brave header. You know, they they were all different. And the one where he was offside when the ball broke and he managed to get onside, turned and scored in the corner, were four quality goals. And that's that's why the manager is angry at him at times, because when he doesn't play, then Rangers struggle to get goals. I mean, he, he, he's somebody that it's, it's a good. He knows more English than he makes out to. We don't don't worry about that. What I liked and something that I suggested a few weeks ago, the manager can say all he likes to to Alfredo, but it's the players on the park that have got to help him. He's in the dugout 40, 50 yards away. He can't do anything. There was a time in the first half. In fact, it was the sending off when he was getting involved, and Joe Worrell ran sixty yards. You know, to get him and take him out of the box and two or three other players came up and got him out of the road and he was fine. It wasn't that he was arguing with them. He decided, they're trying to help me here and he walked away from it. They're going mm. to have to do that to him because at times he, he can get fiery. How good was he the other night, Hugh? I think your colleague Alex Ray, I saw him putting it on Twitter that it was one of the best individual performances he had seen in years. Well, I said in the programme a few weeks ago that I believed Morelos to be the best striker in the country by a mile. And... Uh, Obviously I'm not going to retract that statement now In the wake of his performance midweek It was absolutely correct That uh, a focus of attention was placed on Steve Clark And what happened to him I feel sorry for Morelos In that in the midst of all that His four goals were not completely overlooked But overshadowed uh, And I thought that his performance was excellent I'm not sure he needs Jermaine Defoe's help I think Jermaine Defoe needs help to, yeah, he's uh, better to on. He's proven he's better on his own up front. That, that's yeah. what it showed on. Yeah, that, that said, though, maybe behind the scenes training, we, that's the side of it we don't see. I'm sure Jermaine yeah. Defoe's still got a lot to offer in terms yeah, of uh, someone you yeah, can yeah, learn you're, from. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely he's got a lot of damage to do between now and the end of the season. Alfredo Morelos, uh, he will be missed on Sunday. Uh, Rangers are not a one-man team, but when he's in that kind of form on Wednesday, they come close mm. to it, and they will miss him at Hamilton. So I repeat, he's got a lot of damage to do when this suspension is over, provided he can 
keep his composure. Just, just, a, just a quickie here on the game itself. I mean, it, from the Saturday when Rangers probably had their worst game of the season, they were absolutely terrible. Nothing went for them. The difference that a couple of players made, I thought Kamara was absolutely well, funnily enough, I think that's what Chris is on the line. Chris is a Rangers fan from Dumbarton. I think that's what you had in your mind, Chris. There were a few other players that you think made a big difference during the week. Uh, yeah, hi guys. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, kind of took the wind out my sails there a bit. Um, my point was that you know Morelos is is rightfully going to get all the plaudits for his performance on Wednesday night. Um, you, you've seen a massive difference when he came in. The goals, the link up play, everything uh, about was you know was amazing. But for me, um, I, I think the return of Arfield yeah. and Ryan Jack um, was absolutely massive for us as well. Um, if you look at the, the game against St Johnson last weekend, I think, you know, Stephen Gerrard summed up perfectly. There was no leadership anywhere in the park. I think these guys have a bit of fight, a bit of drive in the middle. And I think when we go to Hamilton um, on Sunday, I think that could be the, the, those guys could be the difference between getting the points or, you know, dropping points again. What I would be inclined to do um, on Sunday would be to, to try and play the two up top with Lafferty and Defoe. Because, again, it's a plastic surface, real documented nightmare for the players. But if you've got a target man like Lafferty there, you've got the option to kind of get the ball in there. He can knock it down for Defoe, you know, and try and take that advantage away from Hamilton. So, yeah, that, that was kind of the point I was coming on See, to. If, 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 if you want to do that, then you've, you've got to make sure that Kent and Candias are playing wide as well. I mean, that, that's the people who are going to supply them. And I think you leave your ship self maybe a wee bit short in midfield unless you go three at the back. You know, so it's it's a problem for the manager. I mean, I agree at times they could be playing the two of them, and and maybe Sunday is is the time to do that. But certainly they're going to miss the main man. Morelos is the man. It's 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 hot just now. Uh, the the other ones I mean the four scored what five in six games or what whatever, whatever he's got, but he he's finding it a wee bit difficult just now. And these pitches won't help him either. But I, I get where you're coming from. At times Rangers can play up two front, and maybe that's maybe that's what the manager will think on Sunday. Yeah, we hear that Brian Rice, the Hamilton manager, is of a mind to have a go at Rangers. Well, he was there on Wednesday. I was talking to him at the game, yeah. And that's very brave of him because uh, uh, Hamilton are in a precarious position down near the bottom of the league. Uh, I think if they have a go at Rangers, they'll get picked off. And yeah. the two up top suggestion uh, sounds right to me. Um, Chris, what about this uh, th- th- this run then going forward? Because it's clearly getting to an important Part of the season do, do you get the feeling Rangers can start To put a run together I think Four in, four in, the, four in a row I think is the most uh, Wins that Rangers Have pieced together This season I think that included The, the Cowden Beef game But in all competitions I think it's four in a row um, you, you would imagine A team with aspirations Of being at the top end Of the table And going deep In cup competitions They're going to want To better that Aren't they? No, absolutely. Um, and if we've got any ambition of of trying to get a title this season, as much of you know an uphill challenge as it's going to be, we, we need to get more consistent. It's funny enough. I was actually looking at a stat today, and I believe that although we've dropped a fair number of points this season, I think every game, any game we've lost, it's only ever been by a goal. So it's kind of fine margins for us. Um, and I think it's just getting that consistency and getting that kind of tweak could be the difference between, you know, yeah. finishing second or well, potentially... Rangers, you know, you've just, you've just got to look at last week, Chris. You know, if you see the Celtic game, you know, it could have gone either way. I mean, Steve Clark was saying we deserve to take something out of the game and maybe he did, but, you know, in the 91st minute, Celtic got that break. It's a Scott Brown shot that's deflected. It probably wasn't going in. 
But that's that's what they do. Celtic fight right to the end, and even though it's ugly, they get three points, and that is the important thing. Rangers have to start doing that as well. Well, Rangers are in a position now because of that late Scott Brown goal at Rugby Park, where they cannot lose a game now. They, you know, I'm not saying they have to win every game remaining, but they cannot suffer a victory. A defeat. A defeat. <laughs> <laughs> On that note. The Pundit. With goals in the Scottish Sun, the SPFL and EPL latest every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday. It is time for Beat the Pundit. What an ideal way to kick off your weekend. You come on here, you get one over on Hugh Keevens or Derek Johnson, you win yourself a signed ball and even if you don't, just for getting through, you win yourself a pair of tickets tonight with John Gregg and Richard Goff at the Double Tree by Hilton here in Glasgow on the 29th of March. I mean, what's that? The great, the greatest ever Ranger, nine in a row captain as well. So you're in, you're in decent company if you want to go along. And if you're not a Rangers fan, I'm sure you know one who would be delighted to take the tickets off you. So 01419511025, that's the number you need right now for Beat the Pundit. Be quick because you only have until the news at seven o'clock. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, a team that gets results every week. Talk to Thompson's.com. Hugh Evans and Derek Johnson are here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. In the first hour of the show, we covered off Celtic in Europe. We heard from Brendan Rogers. We also heard from Stevie Clark and Chris Boyd speaking out about those important issues that have been dominating the headlines in recent days. And Jermaine Defoe bringing us up to speed on how he plans to mentor, if you like, Alfredo Morelos. We do actually have a game tonight. Dundee and Hibs are playing in Friday night football, so we'll keep you up to speed on that. And we're going to talk foreign refs, Hugh Keevans ah. Or not foreign refs, as the case may be That's coming up next Beat the Pundit With goals in the Scottish Sun The SPFL and EPL latest Every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday Time for Beat the Pundit Hugh and Derek both ready to play One of them takes on Danny Who's a Celtic fan from Blantyre How are you tonight, Danny? I'm fine, thanks very much Evening to Hugh and Derek Hi Danny. Hello Danny And of course Danny Just for getting through You as a Celtic fan Have won the tickets To John <laughs> Gregg and Richard Goff So here's the big question Are you going along Or are you giving them to a pal? Well do you know that The brilliant thing is I've actually got two plumbers Who are doing my toilet for me And both of my rangers oh. <laughs> There we go Well I hope they make a good job of it then <laughs> like say, I'll save you paying them Just give them the tickets <laughs> That's it so exactly. you, you can call it in lieu of wages. Oh, dear me! On Derek, have you given him your job oh, no, for tonight? He's flush with success. Right, 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 quick, quick, enough, enough, enough. That is horrible, Danny. We'll move on. Um, we're going to toss the coin and see who you are up against. Heads, it is Hugh. Tails, it's Derek Johnson. And it's heads. Hugh against Danny. So let me give Hugh a bit of clay too. Make sure he doesn't cheat. And we'll get the questions up and running. Danny, you've got thirty seconds head to head with Hugh. You can pass. Here's your chance to beat the pundit. You ready? Okay. Who was sent off for Celtic last night? I told you. What nationality is Hearts Peter Haring? Haring uh, Finnish. Scotland's men's biggest defeat was 7 0 to which South American country? Ooh, um, Uruguay. How many goals did Rangers score in their 2005 League Cup final win against Motherwell? Three. Who did who did Partick Thistle face tomorrow? Falkirk. Okay, let me bring Hugh Keevens back. Hugh, are you with us? I am. You are. Same set of questions to you, shall we? Off we go. Okay. Who was sent off for Celtic last night? Paul Yan. What nationality is Hearts Peter Haring? Australian. Scotland's men's biggest defeat was 7-0 to which South American country? Argentina. How many goals did Rangers score in their 2005 League Cup final win against Motherwell? 
six. Who do Partick Thistle face tomorrow? Cali Thistle. Richie Foran has played for Inverness and which other Scottish club? Motherwell. Which current Premiership team was John Robertson on loan to in '98? Quickly. Newcastle. <laughs> okay, I should have said Scottish Premiership, but there we go. <laughs> They're the English Premier League. What did you say? I just said Premiership, but that means Scottish Premiership. Ah, well, Stuart's inquiry no, there No, because that league's called the English Premier League Sometimes Yeah, now it is, to be fair Anyway, Danny, you've heard the competition What do you make of it? I think it's probably a tough one I for me. However, I close. think you, with vast knowledge of the Premiership and uh, <laughs> we deducted a point there. He got through a bit, a few more questions than you. Let's see if that played a part. Who was sent off for Celtic last night? It was Tolian. You both got it. Danny just took a while, so you know it was eventually uh, getting there. What nationality is Hart Peter Haring? He's Austrian. Ah, Austrian, I mean, I can see what you did there, but yeah, let's be honest, that's not that close, is it? But no, no, the word no, is similar. Uh, so it's 1-0 Scotland's men's biggest defeat Was 7-0 To which South American country Was that a guess Danny? It was It was yeah. a good one You got it right It's Uruguay 2-1 so to, <laughs> to Danny How many goals Did Rangers score In the 2005 League Cup Final win against Motherwell oh, Broke my heart that day So it did But it was 5, five. Ah. There we go uh, Still 2-1 to Danny Who do Partick Thistle face tomorrow It's Ross County Danny I'll let you in On a secret as well About 5 minutes Before we came on air And I knew this was going to be yeah. One of the questions Hugh Keevan said to me Who do Partick Thistle face tomorrow But I couldn't lie to him And I told him it was Ross County And he still got it wrong So he deserves everything that's coming to him Richie Foran played for Inverness And which other Scottish club It is Motherwell So you've equalised And uh, it all comes down to this one Which you now know you've got wrong uh, Which Premiership team was John Robertson On loan to in 98 It's Dundee Kind of like Newcastle uh, Right Danny Two all So what happens now Is we go to a tiebreaker I read the question I get Hugh to write his answer down And I then invite you To give me your attempt Okay Okay Good man Here's the question What was the attendance At Kilmarnock against Celtic on Sunday Hugh Keevans Write your answer down please What was the attendance At Kilmarnock against Celtic On Sunday Hold up your paper please I'm definitely going to need A calculator here Let me get a look at that number Right Danny What's your guess I'm going to say uh, 47,000 <laughs> I don't need the calculator Remember it was at Kilmarnock <laughs> It was at Rugby Park Danny Oh god <laughs> I, another ah, I thought it was I, I can't oh. listen I have to accept the first answer It was uh, The answer was 11,900 Hugh said 12,800 Danny You were only You know You were only 36,000 or so out So <laughs> But don't worry The tickets are yours The plumbers are having a good night You've been pipped on a tiebreaker Hard lines We'll be delighted that I lost as well. So, oh. <laughs> exactly, they'll be rubbing it in. Danny and Blantyre are not only a good sport on beat yeah, the pundit, exactly. but generous to anyone who goes and does some work Absolutely. in his house as well. Absolutely, so. we'll pull the plug on that. Yeah. A, pl- a plumber at ten past seven on a Friday night. I don't think he said they were there right oh. now. I think oh. he just meant. Well, maybe they are. Would that would that cost you any plumbers oh, out there? Well, Is that so. you talking double time yeah. for a Friday night? Uh, really. No, they just They're make it up. Pals. They make it up as they go along. Okay, 01419511025 If you want to talk football Or respond to those vicious accusations Any plumbers out there That Hugh Keevans <laughs> has just uh, Slaughtered you for So we're on Twitter at Clyde SSB as well Here's a thing Hugh Keevans Yes Foreign referees That sort of reared its head Yeah um, But it's been put back in its box already By the Scottish FA They issued quite a lengthy statement today Trying to get some sort of control On what's been happening recently Because I think we can all agree That the... The situation surrounding referees And Appeals And compliance officers And everything else Has just been getting a bit out of hand Yep And the, the Scottish FA Have tried to knock it in the head today I will not read the full 
statement But the bits that jump out Mostly, I would say, to start off Would be this idea of foreign referees Now, they simply say that that will not be happening They they, they mention this meeting that happened on Monday And they just want to I'll, I'll read that sentence For the avoidance of doubt At no point during Monday's meeting Did any discussion take place on referees out with Scotland Nor will the Scottish FA countenance such a notion Nor can they um, you know, there, seems could. Be, there seems to be this uh, feeling That a foreign referee will guarantee impartiality and infallibility He won't get anything wrong Now, Brendan Rogers, as recently as 24 hours ago Said that he believed uh, the referee had to a degree influenced the outcome of Celtic's tie Because he felt that with 11 v 11 Celtic were really in the match in the tie uh, and the referee is taking the decision to give two yellow cards to Jeremy Tolian in a short space of time and he's he sent him off. So that takes away the idea that foreign referees will always see it your way and you'll be well, fine. I wonder if you're putting words in people's mouths. So are people who are in favour of foreign referees not simply saying that it will help and it will boost their chances and it will increase the pool and all the rest of it? I'm not sure anyone's saying it's going to bring perfection. Well, in Scotland, in the current climate, what people mean by the introduction of foreign referees is that they do not believe that Scottish referees are impartial. They do not believe that their team is getting a fair crack of the whip. Uh, and that's why we have this uh, idea that foreign referees should be brought in. On a purely practical level, how much would that cost to fly in referees every week and to put them up and to pay them their match fee as well? It's something that Scottish football would not countenance. And it would also be the last nail in the coffin of our own referees Absolutely. because you would, would you be, do with them, yeah. Yeah, you'd be yeah. you would be formally saying, Look, we consider you to be unsatisfactory, unfit for purpose, and we're bringing in foreign referees. So the Scottish FA is saying today, no uncertain terms, that Essentially Foreign referees Won't be happening Do you support that? Does that disappoint you? Let us know on the phone 0141-951-1025 Twitter is At Clyde SSB I mean Derek It, it, it seems like it's been Knocked in the head Yeah Pretty quickly Rightly so Rightly so And as, as you says, What are you supposed to do With the one We've got three or four referees That actually referee Champions League And Europa ties You know they, They're highly regarded by You know FIFA The referees That they, they, they Call for them to, to go and do these games So You know We don't think they're good Because th- This is probably the first Four or five months of a season That I can remember for a long time And I said that a wee while ago Where so many mistakes That I believe Have been made In the television I mean if Everybody's now getting on The referees The compliance officers Nobody is happy With, with a lot of the decisions That have been made mm. And as you said A forwarder coming in Is not going to make any difference yeah. And if you bring them in As he said The cost of that And what do you do With the referees we've got now You say Well you can do the championship In the first and second of it. That's never going well, to I mean, happen I think the idea Would probably be Additional And we're now talking about Something that's not going to happen But So I'm trying to get your your response as to whether you're happy with that news today yeah. or you're disappointed on the, the criticism of referees Ian Maxwell the chief executive of the Scottish FA says our match officials are highly respected at FIFA and UEFA level we currently have 22 match officials on the FIFA list and while they are susceptible to human error as are players and managers I reiterate my support to the match officials at all levels in this country another point Hugh which will I was going to say interest some people Maybe people are, are getting a bit bored of this I don't know um, But he's come out with a very strong defence In particular of the compliance officer mm-hmm. Repeating to be honest 
what we've said a number of times on this show In that the compliance officer, Claire White Does not make any judgments on what should be a ban And what should not She's simply there to receive the the, the complaint To then ask the referee if the, the, the incident was seen in full And it is then up to the referees You, you tell me then Gordon I mean, you, you explained it well there But who actually says to her the complaint Who's the complainant? Who it can come her? from various sources. It so can it could be, be a punter. It can it could um, be anybody. No, I think no. I think it's a a club. So any 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 member so club. A club. Um, yeah. the, the referee, the officials may flag it up as well. So the, there are a couple of ways. Um, and essentially, Hugh, I don't want to go over all ground too much. It then gets passed on. Three referees, three former referees. Yeah. They all have to unanimous, unanimously agree, and so on. So a bit of a a clearing up exercise because there is a lot of. Inaccurate reporting yeah. of what the compliance officer does in the Scottish FA have tried to knock that in the head today. Now I go back to my original statement that the beautiful game is in an ugly place, and that includes the compliance officer because she has been placed under unfair pressure, and uh, Ian Maxwell has tried today and done well to explain that that is completely unfair. But we're living in a world just now. Where we have three people um, Who have been spoken to by police Over alleged offences against John Beaton uh, After his handling of the Rangers Celtic game On December 29 We've got Claire White coming under all sorts of uh, Ill-informed pressure We've got the Steve Clark and Chris Boyd situation We need to get a grip mm. in this country on all fronts Michael's a Celtic fan from Irvine No foreign refs Say the Scottish FA Michael Does that please you or disappoint you? Anyway, it disappoints me, but I just feel that see back in the day when you had referees like Pearl and Reese Kalina, I just feel that a lot of referees a lot more than him. He took he took no hassle in the park, he just told you, see if it's a card, it's a card, see if it's not no. I just want Hugh and Derek's opinion on that. Well, yeah, first of all, Kaluna was the, Kaluna, the yeah. n- number one referee yeah. in the world. Many I mean years. you're not gonna be bringing in people of that calibre. You, Michael I got. I got to ask you a question. Are you one of those who believes that you want foreign referees because you don't believe that the Scottish referees are impartial? It's not that. I feel if they had maybe, I feel if they looked up to and had somebody like a caliber maybe be refereeing and they could learn a lot from somebody like that. Well, you know, we've got a game to protect here, and. Are we supposed to believe that one man can come in and make the standard better overnight? Yeah. We've had a very poor season where our referees are concerned. The standard has slipped. It is nowhere near good enough. However, the concept of foreign referees... How, I, I honestly just, just believe... Just on that, sorry, Hugh, I, I don't mean to interrupt, but I want to pick you up on, on that point. How will we ever really know if the standard has slipped or if the level of scrutiny has increased? I think that glaring errors have taken place. Uh, I think it, uh, Yeah but I mean we, we, You must admit We are now obsessed with errors In a yeah, way that we weren't I, before I, I do understand that But I, I, I do think that The professionals in our game The managers and players Can see for themselves That glaring errors Take place uh, With a regularity That isn't good For the game However I do not believe That the introduction Of foreign referees En masse Will be of help to Scottish football on a practical level. We can't afford but, it. But you know what? You see, even even bringing one quality referee in for a big game, say like an old firm game, and you bring him in for that, 
What does that say about the oh, exactly. Race? What a you statement know, that sends you know, we're not, we're not, You're telling us we are not good enough to do that game, so that, that'll never happen. The bottom line that'll for me happen. is that people believe that foreign referees guarantee impartiality, yeah. and Scottish referees do not. Now, how many Celtic supporters last night were screaming at the television because Jeremy Tolliam was sent off? How many thought that was unfair? Now, the, the referee there was not Scottish. Yeah, but I mean that. Yeah, you would admit that just because you can find a mistake made by a foreign referee, that that's not really enough to to to, to hang that argument on, is it? Well, again, if you know the, the SFA have made themselves very yeah, clear, pretty clear, that they're today, not yeah. going to get foreign referees. So whether you want it or not, you're not, you're not getting it. I know. I just want, but like because it's breaking news today, I wanted to know if people were yeah. were happy or disappointed in that. But also, the idea of bringing in foreign referees, for me. Creates a crisis within refereeing in Scotland uh, You're asking all of the Scottish referees to accept That they are unfit for purpose And must, as Derek said Go down the leagues And, and take Division mm. 1 or Division 2 Interested in the last line of this statement Hugh With regards to the, the disciplinary process The compliance officer and all the rest of it Because clubs are very quick Very quick to complain And issue statements And and. Put pressure on Let's be under no illusions That's what happens uh -huh. The last line from the statement today says It's worth noting That member clubs were emphatic In their approval Of a more robust set of legal procedures To deal with mis misconduct In 2011 So The clubs Voted for this system Which they're now so angry about uh -huh. Well Was that uh, eight years ago? 2011 did you say? Yeah Well the clubs can go And do something about it then But I go back to The recent example which highlighted the fact that referees, although they are declining in standard, have no chance when famously or infamously Andrew Dallas awarded Rangers four penalty kicks in the game against St Mirren. At the end of the game, Oren Kearney said that in his professional opinion as a St Mirren manager, only one decision was justified. Steven Gerrard, uh, with his professional eye on things said he thought Rangers should have had five penalties well, so, well Dermot Gallagher the referee himself on Sky said there were three definite penalties and the other one mm. was 50-50 I definitely don't want to go over those decisions <laughs> again no, no, please no, no, no. No, please but that's, that's the different yeah. views you've got from different people thank you to Michael in Irvine a Celtic fan there Alec is a Motherwell fan on the line he's next up and we've got a full time teaser coming next a good question for Hugh and DJ you've won £18,500 I'd like to scream right now But I'm in the middle of a Very big office £20,819.46 pence. just so excited <laughs> The cash register Win big cash Every day The cash register is back Monday morning at 8 Clyde One. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Great results for Scottish accident and injury victims for 40 years. Hugh Evans and Derek Johnson here with me, Gordon Duncan, and tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Just before the break, we were talking about the Scottish FA's statement today, which seems to knock on the head the idea of foreign refs. Uh, Arthur Stramash says, <laughs> Hugh, you're lacking imagination. A friendly cooperation with the Nordic nations would see her refs gain international experience. Uh, well, their refs could bring a neutrality that would carry no bias. Current refs are accused of. But Lynn Greer, on the other hand, says if refs are brought in from abroad, they would still be accused of being biased. The amount of discussions 
on the decisions on TV shows it's not easy. It's pathetic. We can't keep appealing every decision. That's why it's getting silly. Well, why go to Nord- the Nordic countries? Why not just go down south then? Get some of the English referees think, up yeah. here, you know? Anyway, time for the full time teaser. Tonight's was sent in by John Clark. He sent it to fulltime at clyde1.com. That's the address you need to send the question in fulltime at clyde1.com. So tonight, we're looking for the top 10 most capped Scottish players. Who have only ever played in Scotland So we're looking for the top 10 Players with the most Scottish caps Who have only ever played in Scotland Willie Miller, Miller McLeish Aye. They are first and third respectively Yep Barry Ferguson Are you just, oh, he are you just airbrushing his time at Blackburn and Blackpool and yeah. right. Came to nothing <laughs> Any more, any more? Ruffy? Nope. No? Alright, we'll leave it there. You can play along on Twitter at Clyde SSB. The most the top ten most capped Scottish players Paul McStay. Who've only ever played in Scotland. Yes. Alex McLeish, Paul Stay, Paul Stay, <laughs> Paul McStay, and Willie Miller. You've got the top three. You're even doing it in order with a oh. bit of style tonight. So we'll see how long that lasts. Let's speak to Alec, who's a Motherwell fan in Motherwell. Hi Alec. Hi Gordon, how you doing? Thanks for taking my call. Not a problem. Uh, I would like to ask you uh, and Derek uh, if they were in Stephen Robinson's shoes tomorrow uh, and Sunday, sorry, when Mullow go to Celtic Park, how would they go about setting up their team, basically, or, or, or what would they say to the players? Because personally, if it was me, I would be like, look, you're not going to get relegated. It's highly unlikely you might get into the top six. I know there's still a chance, but I would just say to them, look, you don't need a team talk. There's the stadium. There's where you're playing. Go out, enjoy it, and see what happens for there. Alec, if I remember the league table correctly, Motherwell have had 13 away matches this season. They've won seven and lost six, or perhaps it's the other way around. But they have no draws. Therefore, that tells me that when they go away from home, they give it the best shot. On some occasions, it works. On others, it doesn't. There's a wonderful... Freshness about Motherwell Created by the Jake Hasties The Alan Campbells And the David Turnbulls I would not tamper with it I would say Go on Celtic have had A, a fairly Arduous midweek uh, They get A lot of running to do For more than half a game With ten men um, So I would just say mm. why, why change anything Alec, Alec, it, Alec If I said to you You'll get a point tomorrow Would you take that now Before the ball is kicked Oh certainly Yeah Certainly, aye. But I, I, I just think the way Mullow's been playing in the last six or seven games, and we're there in the league, and what's what's at stake and what's not at stake, yeah. it's it's a different game. I think if you just like sit them down and say, listen, as I said before, you're not going to get relegated. You're highly unlikely to get bugged. You, yeah. you might get into the top six, as I say, but I would say, look, go out, have a go. But Alec, you, Alec, I think it's very, very difficult And I know where you're coming from And Motherwell are playing well They're on a high just now A lot of good kids Hasty's looking the park Coming in from the right Screaming shots into the back of the net But we have to, what you have to If you open up and you have a go at Celtic Celtic have got so much pace in midfield and up front that, You know, they're, they're going to counter-attack and, and, they'll, and they'll score goals against you I think one, what Motherwell have to do And this is me Go there and see for the first 20-25 minutes Keep it tight Give Celtic absolutely nothing And then you can open out maybe as the game goes on Alec makes a good point though Hugh Because 
There won't be many teams Who go to Celtic Park On the back of six wins in a row oh. And within that A team which Has had Hardly any If any changes Off the top of my head In the six games I think it's pretty much Been the same team yeah. Maybe give or take You know One one change within that six yeah. So Sometimes you come into this On You know In different form And different players Have been playing And you wouldn't bat an eyelid If if, if a slightly more defensive formation Was, was chosen Or personnel but really, you you kind of think Stephen Robinson has to stick with those players, doesn't he? Or yeah. does he? I don't know. Uh, if you've gone six on the bounce, 18 points won, none dropped, why change? Why not just give these young men their head and say, go on then, see what you can do? You know, Motherwell came to uh, Ibrooks and fell apart, lost seven goals. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, th- go play Celtic. Have a go at the defence See if you can get a goal And give them something to think about uh, If you suddenly change the, the way you've been going And you break the momentum Then mm. you have broken something That didn't need fixed but you, you can't honestly go to Celtic Park You know and, and, and open up and have a real go at them I know what you're saying They're playing well They're confident But you'll be playing against a team That are, are going to win this league They're eight points They're not going to drop many points They've got players there And it doesn't matter who comes in Celtic have got a squad of 22 players You can play any 11 And they're good enough to beat any team Yeah I mean you mentioned the, the running that Celtic did the other night Hugh oh. it's, a, it's a decent situation to be in When you can pick Odds and Edward Who didn't start the game yeah. You can pick Scott Sinclair Who didn't play the game Yeah 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 I mean that um, that should be able to combat And the, maybe Tierney will be back as well The, the tiredness well, Again you know we Try and highlight the positive aspects. No, no of Scott Brown, football. incidentally, he'll be suspended. Yeah, of won't course, he? yeah, he will be. Um, we're trying to highlight the positive aspects now. Alex, an excited Motherwell supporter, who's enjoyed the last six games. Now, Celtic have won six in the bounce. Motherwell have won six in the bounce. It's the heavyweight mm. contest. The two informed teams in the country. Why not just give us a game of football? I was just but, about to. Bring... You've got to be realistic, though, Hugh. This is it. You've got to be real. Honestly, fantastic. And if you'd have said to me the start of the season, Motherwell are going to go six games under. I mean, yeah. No, you have the laugh. I was just about to bring Alec back, and he appears to have uh, disappeared. So let's hear from Stephen Robinson. He says the young players will be even more important to their strategy in coming years. Jake Hasty, David Turnbull, Alan Campbell have scored nine of Motherwell's last ten goals. And he says they have to use their youth system because paying big fees is not an option. We've really got a good breeding ground for, for kids to come and play football. And you know, as you've seen with the current crop of boys in the first time, it's uh, you've got to be brave as a manager to do it. And as the timing's got to be right. And you know, it wasn't right at the start of the season. But you know, for me, a young player going into the team for 10 minutes and coming back out again isn't really blood a young player. But a young player in as we've done with Alan Campbell, Jake Casey, Chris Gavin, David Turnbull. You put them in and they stay in. That's when they're ready for the first team. And we've done that and I think we've managed that quite well. And we'll do that with the other players that we've mentioned and there's a younger crop as I've suggested who haven't been mentioned yet they're still you know maybe a year 18 months two years away from it but that has to be the way the club goes you know you can't pay transfer fees for people um, we have to make sure we try and develop our own and, and do that at the right time so there has to be patience you know fans you know it has to be patient unless there's a big benefit they're going to come in and change our outlook on what we do then you know this is the way we have to go we have to develop we have to coach we have to take the ups with the downs and enjoy the good ones now at the moment and there will be times where there's periods where the, the young players don't produce or they have losses of form and you have to be brave and stick by them How long has it been since we had a controversial moment in Scottish football? Oh about five minutes <laughs> Kilmarnock can tonight confirm that Daniel Backman's red card against Rangers has been rescinded. <laughs> Any takers on the phones? 0141 Breaking news coming out tonight that Daniel Backman's red card 
For the incident with Glen Kamara Has been rescinded It no longer stands that red card I can't believe that Honestly See, see at the time Watching it I didn't think there were an awful lot in it But having watched You know Since then You know Footage of it He's absolutely clattered on his elbow in the face. It's a red card Every day I thought initially It was not a red card And then Derek Myself And Gordon Sat round and watched it again today from another angle in slow motion, which with the the sensitive area uh, focused, and yeah, it, for me it was a red card. See, th- th- this is the thing, Gordon. You know, there's, there's three referees. I don't want to know who the referees are. If they want to keep it secret, fine. That's not a problem with me. But what they have to do is come out and explain why. Well, They've rescinded that Tell us the reason what, We, we the didn't think it was this I didn't think that fine But you've got to tell people why th- This is an appeal So this actually goes through A different procedure This doesn't go To the three man panel so Of ex-referees it's, it's an independent tribunal This is a, an, it's a, It also consists of three people Yeah uh, But they're not former referees yeah, Well whoever it is then They've got yeah. to tell us Why they've come to that decision Yeah I mean well Listen It will be Fairly And I'm not saying you have, Please for, Please understand this I'm not saying This is what I think you But if it's been rescinded Then it will be Pretty much You can read between the lines That they don't think there was That, 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 that they think the force was negligible Yeah that, That's what that's what it pretty much will be Listen It's now a fan issue They can argue over it The, the decision has been taken By the relevant authority uh, And the, the red card has been rescinded As I say When I saw it First time I thought it was Not a red card Having looked at it from another angle I think it is a red card However the decision has been taken And if you want to fight over it 0141 Can I just offer you two more names? Uh, uh, we're talking yeah. of all time right, okay, yes. All time yeah, so on, Give on us the a teaser, question Give us a question The question we're looking for tonight If I can find the right bit of paper Because I've got loads of them in front The the, the 10 players with the most Scottish caps Who've only ever played in Scotland So guys like Alex McLeish Paul McStay Willie Miller they've oh, got John Gregg John Gregg Is he on the list? Yes he is what about Big Billy? Nope Not Billy Hugh? Morris Malpass Oh good one David Neary? Yes No, no. Alright we'll leave Stuart, it there Stuart McKimmy Oh yes well done Alright we'll leave it there well you've, got, you've got John Gregg Stuart McKimmy Alex McLeish Paul McStay Willie Miller Morris Malpass Let's speak to Fiona and Gifnock Hi Fiona Hi there how you doing? Not too bad What's your point tonight? Well I know you were talking about um, Referees and mm. uh, The bias And we should be bringing foreigners Referees and things like that Now my view is Um I've lived in Glasgow all my life and I'm not, you know, I am aware that there is sometimes an undercurrent about, well, you know, was it religious made? Was it, you know, you, you know I'm old enough to know the Hugh Dallas days and all that. I mean, through all that, but when you get older and you realise you play 38 games in a season and two or three games you think, well, that was offside, we should have got that. And two or three games you think, God, I can't believe we got that penalty, that was no way it needed to be. So I think it swings and roundabouts and you can't say Rangers are second in the league because they got given a couple of offsides that weren't offside or vice versa. And you can't say we're the top of the league because, you know, you can't win a whole season riding on a referee's decision that might have gone your way. I don't think you can. Yes, there are sometimes questionable things. The only thing I learned recently, which I had no idea about, I say that as if, I know everything. I don't know. I just like football. See the one that it said um, the referee was asked about the incidents, the two incidents, and he said, "Well, I did. I saw them, and there's nothing wrong with them." Mm -hmm. 
why it doesn't seem fair. Now, regardless of it could be a broth and Cali says so, I'm not talking about any particular, that particular game. But why, if the ref thinks, oh my God, that's a real blunder I made there, how could I have missed that? So he could say, yeah, yeah, I saw that, yeah, but it didn't seem that, there was nothing in it. So is that is that fair? Does that seem to, democratic is probably too strong a word, but mm. is that fair? The reason they do that, uh, Fiona, is because this notion of re and, and by the way, before I say this, I know this is what people are are accusing the game of doing anyway. But you're not meant to be re-refereeing the games, so yeah. you're meant to try where possible, yeah. where possible, to, to let the referee's initial decision stand. Of course, there are umpteen examples where that doesn't, Hugh, but they only that procedure only kicks in when the ref either doesn't see it at all or doesn't see it in its entirety. Um, what about Fiona's Fiona's overall taking a very calm, balanced, yes. sensible approach to this and Fiona, it'll never catch on. No, Fiona started off in a magnanimous fashion and then found a chink in the armour towards the end where, is that really fair? And that's why I think even fair-minded people like Fiona are now falling victim to a, a system of crime and punishment that is too complicated now. Bias towards you know the, the two main teams. Let's say I'm not saying it was a bias toward. I'm talking about in this case it would be more about the man's missed it. He's human. He's got a hundred meters to run up and down in ninety minutes. You know and see everything that's going on. People getting elbowed in the background. People. You know the man's not stupid. He knows there's a lot going on. So it's not about that man missed it because he completely wanted Aberdeen to win or he wanted Aberdeen to win. I'm just meaning that if Aberdeen said well. We feel that's a couple of instances that we didn't go our way. And he says, yes, I saw them, but I didn't I didn't think there was anything in it. But I remember watching that programme and there was a few in the studio saying, well, that did seem a bit iffy. So it wasn't that just a broth, for example, thought it was a bit iffy. Others were saying... In general, in well, general terms, though. Well, I never saw... I didn't think there was anything in it. And that's the end of it. Is that, that's really what I'm... Understanding from you, yeah, is that right? In, yeah. in general terms, we have made the system of crime and punishment convoluted, hard to follow. Fans no longer understand what's going on, uh, and then you come down to. Yeah, but to be fair to you, there's also there's almost there's also I would go as far as to say what's coming close to a deliberate misunderstanding. For instance, let's take Daniel Backman because it's just happened, right? Yeah. Mm. All I'm seeing on Twitter is. That the disciplinary procedure is a joke The process is a joke The compliance officer is a joke Daniel Backman got sent off He then appealed the red card As is his right In pretty much every league in the world And he won his appeal yeah. Just because the result didn't go your way Or the yeah. way that you wanted it to go Or thought it would go Doesn't mean there's anything wrong with the process No, 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 no. not that But, but again you've got no, to, but As an you, example yeah, I'm talking agree, about agree this specific saying, one I agree with what you're saying But you've got to explain Why you have come to that decision That's all you're looking for We don't want to know who it is Just tell us but Why do you think that has been rescinded? Why? In, in our football society though People now On an across the board basis Suspect low motives and their team mm. is being cheated out of something Top 10 most sc- capped Scottish players Who've only ever played in Scotland Alex McLeish, Paul McStay, Willie Miller Morris Malpass, John Gregg, Stuart McKimmy So far I'll give you some thinking time And we'll get the answers next 
Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. Compensation. They know the score. Talk to Thompson's.com. Derek Johnson and Hugh Keevens are here into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Remember, breaking news for you this evening is that Daniel Backman's red cards he picked up against Rangers at Ibrox on Wednesday has been rescinded. And Hugh, miraculously, this decision has united. Celtic and Rangers fans Would you yes. believe Because the Rangers fans are furious Saying this is a disgrace How can this happen It was clearly a red card And the Celtic fans are saying This is a disgrace Kilmarnock are still <laughs> out the cup So they're actually both Feeling kind of the same way about it Well uh, I just don't get that one To be fair I, I don't get that one. I would love to know the reasons why Well there we go uh, On the teaser tonight John Clark sent this question Into fulltime at Clyde1.com We're looking for The 10 players With the most Scotland caps Who've only ever played here in Scotland So Alex McLeish Paul McStay Willie Miller Morris Malpass John Gregg Stuart McKimmy What about Danny McGrain? Yes 62 caps Yes What another one about Scott Brown? Yes And that means you've only got one To get This is Ooh. Uncharted territory oh. for you two You've got about Eight or nine minutes left And only one to get so don't give me it yet Let's keep a bit of suspense <laughs> I don't think you know it anyway um, So yeah let's go Alright we actually do have a game At the moment It's just kicking off Hugh Keevans Yeah um, In the, the, the Friday night football We have this evening I'll, I'll give you my prediction And then I'll come back tomorrow And find out that the Exact opposite has happened Dundee and Hibs Dundee 1 Hibs 2 Derek Johnson I think it'll be a draw I think it'll be 1-1 one, one. Dundee are showing signs of yeah, life though good. Down there aren't yeah, they? Yeah 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 But uh, you know, result last week at Livingston Not many teams go there now And get a victory Dundee did that last week But the manager uh, Paul Heckenbottom at Hibs uh, You know He started with a home win uh, It would look good on his record If he could then follow it up With an away win Now Just to go back to Your Twitterati point there um, You know Alan McGregor Wasn't sent off Against Aberdeen when he might very well have been and was subsequently suspended uh, and Aberdeen lost the game. Now, Bachman uh, was sent off and has subsequently been reprieved. Uh, So people are going to say that these decisions are materially influencing the progress of games. Not the exact outcome, you can't prove anything for sure, but they're... Influencing the progress of games, but, but you, you can say that about any game. Of course, you can. But when Rangers went up to Aberdeen, and Morelos was sent off, and, and then that got, got rescinded. rescinded yeah. You know, exactly. you, you can, that's the whole point for everybody. Yeah. There's, and, a, there's and, an appeals procedure. There is no way of of combating that. No, the I'm only way to combat way it is to get now. is perfection in refereeing yeah. decisions. And guess what? That doesn't exist. Really I think we all know yeah, that. So, absolutely. Uh, right, Hugh. What about tomorrow's? Games then What about the ones We haven't mentioned Let's start with Hearts up against St Mirren Well I said capital. last week That uh, St Mirren Had no chance Whatsoever at Petaudry <laughs> so and, yeah, yeah, well and they get a two all draw um, Aberdeen at home Can be something Of a mystery uh, They concede An awful lot of goals For a side who had At one point Title aspirations I think That Hearts On the rebound From their Awful end to the match against Motherwell mm. at Fair Park last Sunday. I think Hearts will beat St Mirren. So they are, Oran, I've done you a favour. Derek? Well, as you said, I didn't fancy St Mirren either, but they've got something about them. They'll take great is. confidence and from I, that I think one. That's what I'm saying. I think they'll, they'll take something. I think they may well get a point there again. They are the Saints. Get a point. Uh, Livy Kilmarnock. What a week it's been for Kilmarnock. I'm sure Stevie Clark will just be happy to get back on the yeah the grass, I was going to say, on the Astro at Livy. Um, Livy are now... 
slipping you, slipping yeah, quickly. They, they are what's known in the newspaper trade as on the crest of a slump. Uh, <laughs> and I, I don't think they'll come out of it tomorrow. I, I think that Stevie Clark, who has good players, and with his goalkeeper restored, I think Kilmarnock will win away from home. I think I thought Kelly but it's the poorest I've seen Kilmarnock to be fair I mean Rangers ran them ragged it was five and it could have been a lot more I think Livy I think you're right I think Gary Holt will be saying to himself look we need to start getting back on track again and there's no better team Kelly were the form side you know for a long period of this season so I think there's every chance that Livy can take a point tomorrow there you are uh, and the final game tomorrow and certainly in the top flight is St Johnson Aberdeen well as I say Aberdeen blow hot and cold um, and that St Johnson at McDermott Park can be a stuffy side. I think only Celtic have really sorted them out this season. Uh, so I am going to go for that's my draw. But that's you know what, Hugh? I, I was one. well impressed with St Johnson last Saturday. I thought they were organised, they were quick, they closed down, should have won the game. Rangers are lucky to get a point. Uh, they yeah. had three fantastic chances. Blair Olsen's off the bar. Was... And they hit the bar. You know, Rangers lucky to get a point. So I think St Johnson might just do a wee turn. I'll go for 2 1 the Saints tomorrow. Now, in the Championship, Hugh, the one that sticks out in this part of the world, well, there are a couple, but Partick Thistle, who are. Reviving themselves yes. and, and doing so quite impressively At home to The table toppers Ross County That is a fantastic game It's a shame you couldn't remember that When, when yeah, we asked you And beat the when, pundit When it really mattered um, Yes But uh, But you know Having said That, that Livy are on the crest of a slump Partick Thistle Are on the crest of a wave And uh, Gary Caldwell Has withstood A very difficult opening uh, He has got a chance of Really Climbing the table And getting well away From uh, the relegation zone And uh, I, I think I'd, I'd take Partick You know why Thistle will win tomorrow Hugh? Because that took an awful 120 minutes mm. Against Inverness in midweek mm. For a club there That'll take a, a long journey down to Glasgow I fancy Thistle by a couple of goals tomorrow Nothing summed up the way we feel As supporters Hugh Than two calls we had in succession Partick Thistle fans I think it was Tuesday evening um, The first fan phoned up and said Listen we've on a great run We're stringing wins together We're looking good the players are looking as if they're finding their form. You know, we're only we're only five points off fifth. Do you think we can can we can we finish in the top half? Could we push on to the playoffs? And the very next caller, also a Partick Thistle fan, phoned in to say we could be bottom again by Saturday night. So yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. It depends whether your glass is half full Thistle. or half empty. Well, at the start of Gary Caldwell's reign, you had real forebodings about what might happen to him. But he has come away. He's withstood the storm, uh, and I. I agree with Derek's logic that Ross County an awful lot was taken out of legs and minds midweek and uh, I, I fancy Partick Thistle for a home win Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt a couple of goals at least Yeah, I mean it should be a good day across the Championship as well uh, Hugh Keevans I think a lot of people are now looking at Dundee United looking at the signings that they brought in so many um, first of all in numbers But the quality as well Players oh. that we, we know well They go to Falkirk tomorrow Big Air, one as well Inverness Morton yeah. Another good game And, tomorrow, Air, and Air United are at home to Dunfermline There's yeah. a lot to like about it I'm just looking though At this game at Dens Park A flare thrown on You know that We really have got to Crack down on these flares Because they're dangerous If we're talking about Coins being thrown at players uh, Then a flare could inflict Some damage Thrown on Close yeah. to players there From It's come from the Hibs end of the ground It's still nothing each With six minutes gone uh, But flares A part of 
the, the curse of this to, season. To be, to be fair, again for a Friday night, they've almost filled that stand. The Hibs yeah. fans, you know, so there's a big support through from Edinburgh. What have you made of it so far? Only six and a half minutes gone. It is still goalless. Yeah, uh, not much to read in into. Nothing, nothing great in the game. You know, both of them are going for it. We have to see. They're certainly not sitting back. I mean, you're looking to get signs of a style, Hugh, from a new manager. I yeah. think it looks pretty clear that Hibs are trying to be. You know, this will kind of play out from the back idea. Trying, trying to be penalty shoot. Easily give a penalty. Dundee kick. player Ryan McGowan goes down in the box. Yeah. Says he was held. Hugh, are you buying that? Former Hearts player. See no more. All right. Okay. <laughs> uh, right. Okay. In that game, seven minutes gone. Goalless. Dundee and Hibbs will give you the the reaction oh, on tomorrow's show from two o'clock. Now we are on tonight's full time teaser. We've got. One more answer to get And I don't think Hugh and Derek have ever Got all the answers Without Unaided. A clue So tonight's was sent in by John Clark Full time at Clyde1.com That's where you need to send the questions We're looking for the Top 10 most capped Scottish players Who have only ever Played in Scotland So guys like Alex McLeish Paul McStay Willie Miller Danny McGrain Scott Brown Morris Malpass John Gregg Stuart McKimmy And Sandy Jardin we are an uncharted territory here. You have got one tell, to get. Tell us, is it an older one or is it a younger oh, one? But I thought we were going to try and do it with no well, clues. It's going to be difficult. We've not got much time. Old. Old. Older. Paul Sturrock? Nope. Did we mention Davey Neary? Neary? We mentioned Neary. It's not him. It's the oldest one on the list by some He's distance. He's not an old firm player. I think he was, actually. Oh, yeah. right. But it's the oldest one on the list by. I mean, we're going way back. Oh, That's why I want you, you should know this <laughs> I think you went to school with him Bobby Evans No is it, is it in that era? He's got around 300 Rangers appearances In the 40s and 50s George Young Yes George Young Well done Sean You got there I mean I gave you a clue But nevertheless That was a good effort well, You know the Johnny When he was at school <laughs> <laughs> that, that was a decent effort I'm happy with that Okay yeah, thank you Hugh Keevans And Derek good Johnson question. Well done It was another busy night On the phones My apologies If you didn't get through We always appreciate Every single call And tweet that we get So thanks for Joining us This evening We are back tomorrow From 2 o'clock A bit of a reduced Fixture card in the top flight But we're here nevertheless Hugh Keevans is in the studio Alex Ray And Mark Wilson We've got the top team all around the grounds as well. So make sure you join us. And then we're back, Hugh Keevans. No rest for the wicked, as oh, they no, say. No, no. Uh, we're back on Sunday because we've got two cracking games on Sunday as well. And on Sunday, of course, remember, there's the, the Legends game. Rangers oh, against Celtic. Keeneland Juniors. I'm the manager, the yes. And Frank McGarvey's a Celtic oh, manager. That's definitely Get along not, and see them. One definitely not to be missed then. GBX Friday's up next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Great results for Scottish accident and injury victims for 40 years.